0: Welcome to Walking Backwards, I'm Brad Grimet. This week's guest is cinematographer Gendra Jarnigan. Gendra and I just did a movie together in Oklahoma, so we talked a bit about, about that. And about other stuff, of course. Um, and it was fun, so I hope you like it. Uh, Walter Clawson, as we all know, likes supporting the Steadicam community, and they're doing it with a with a promo for me. Uh, what it's for is the Eye Baird. Um, they now have a two-inch eye beard. They also have the same four-inch, and the two-inch fixes the issue on the left side when you use it uh, with your Pro Vest. You don't have to um, you don't have to change a bunch of stuff. I don't know all the details about it because I, I don't mount on the left. But um, anyway, the two-inch makes it so those issues aren't a problem anymore. Um, if you want an eye beard, I have one. I love it have a four-inch. Uh, you can go to walterclausen.com and when you buy it, use the promo code WALKING and that will get you a nice discount, which is cool. Um, so check that out. Thank you to Walter Clausen for that. Also check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash walking backwards and uh, sign up if you want to get Best Day, Worst Day, which is a special segment I do just for the Patreon supporters. Uh, anyway, uh, that's it. I hope you enjoy it. I'm sorry I haven't had an episode in a while. Like I said, I was in Oklahoma, and um, I didn't have my gear and all this stuff, blah, 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 or the time, really. So um, I guess some of you might have missed me. I hope you did. (laughs) Anyway, here's a new episode. Enjoy. Hello, Gendra Jarnigan.
1: Hello, Brad.
0: The second Jarnigan to, to sit in front of that mic.
1: Have you done that before? Uh, Am I I the first? Yeah, you're uh, the first married couple. Married couple that you've you've done, but very separately.
0: Yeah. Well, most most people don't. um, Most people's spouses. Well, that's not true. I was going to say most of them aren't in the business, but a lot of them are. It's
1: Los Angeles. I can't imagine that to be true.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, it's funny. I've had people tell me, um, like... Just people in the business are like, "Oh, I would never date somebody else in the business, and then other people are like, Oh, it's nice dating them' because they know what the what the <laughs> the cat they know what the uh what the job entails, and they know that you won't be home at night and stuff like that let me get I think both eye.
1: those things are true like the the lifestyle is so incompatible with anything else. I just don't see how anyone else would tolerate dating someone who's in the business, even if they start out that way right um just how it ends up being in the long run is uh pretty against people's expectations of what a relationship (laughs) is or should be um but then also when i when i started out I, i i um started doing this right in college and it's all i've ever done um i had some rules for myself that i wouldn't date people in the business because i saw other women crew people who um dated someone and then that relationship went south and then um they stopped getting calls like now, oh. now their entire um, crew base or people who call them, they're like, Oh, well, you know, they broke up. So I don't really know if it's okay to call that person anymore. And then they oh, stopped wow. getting called And I was like, I'm not going to let that happen to me. I'm not going to date anyone in mm-hmm. at least in my department. Right. Uh, <laughs> and then I met Alec and I couldn't, couldn't not date him. He was just too perfect for me.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you... so I
1: made an exception Right. Yeah. and it paid off. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, but you were in the, you were in different departments at the time. You were an electrician yep. at the time, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. or or a gaffer. Were you? Gaffing? I was a gaff.
1: Yeah, when I met um, when we met, I was a gaffer.
0: Yeah. How many years were you a gaffer before you started shooting? Or were you? Shooting I, I was little shooting stuff already. Yeah. yeah. So okay.
1: I went to film school for cinematography, and back when I got out of school, you uh, didn't come out with a reel because th- there was no video, like. AVIDs just came to my college Mm -hmm. the year that I graduated. So people didn't even transfer their film to video. Mm -hmm. um, Most of them anyway. anyway, So you didn't get a copy of the stuff that you'd shot. You didn't have a reel. You couldn't start working as a DP for quite a while. You either had to be a a gaffer or an AC um, for years um, Mm -hmm. before people, before, before you had enough of a body of work for your, for to have a reel that was strong enough that people would pay you <laughs> to be a DP. Yeah, yeah. Um so I that was my side job. I what went I went school? the gaffer gaffer what? route. I went to NYU undergrad oh, okay. undergrad.
0: Do you are um are you glad that you went to film school?
1: Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't have any connections to the industry. I grew up in Rhode Island um back in nineteen ninety two when I started. Like there was no D V D commentary. There was no websites uh, or YouTube or, or there, there was no other alternative ways to finding the information of how the film industry worked or how films were made or yeah, how point. to get into it. So yeah. there really was no other way to know what to do or how to do uh, right. without film school at that time. And,
0: and things have changed a lot. Well, so. I'll question that one a little bit because we're, we're, um, we started in the business pretty much the same time. And I started as a PA. I didn't go to film school. And I learned by being on set.
1: But how did you find your way into being a PA?
0: I don't even know. Was it
1: by chance? Or did you say, I want to be a filmmaker, and you went and found yourself a PA job? Well,
0: I I, I had shot news for television mm -hmm. um, previous to that. And um, every station in town that I walked into was like you're 24, get out of here. And I had worked at a 65 market. I mean, the Orlando market's bigger, but, <clears throat> um, they didn't even, I couldn't even get an interview. Mm-hmm. And so I started just looking around at anything else I could do, you know? And I, I, I honestly don't know how I connected with the first UPM that, that gave me my first job. But I do remember I, I told him it was a two day thing. I said, look, if you give me the job, I'll, I'll work the first day for free. Um, if you like me, you can bring me back the second day and pay me. And he said, "Okay." And um, I ended up working with that guy. <clears throat> he was—I didn't know it—he was one of the biggest UPMs in Orlando um, and maybe in Florida, and uh, for commercials. And so we—he kept me working a lot. So, but but I've I've said to a lot of people, if, you know, if you don't have the money to to go to film school or if your parents are going to pay you to go to film school, tell them to, you know, ask them to support you for a year. It'll be a lot cheaper and just go be a PA and ask questions. Just ask everybody questions. If you want to go, it actually doesn't matter what department you think you want to go into ask questions of every department and learn. Um, because I've said this before on the podcast for me, knowing what everybody else has to go through to make this happen number one is is good so i know how long shit takes and number two is good so i know if it's worth it to get them to do it do you know what i mean um if it needs to be done it needs to be done but there are certain things like i can do change something a little bit and save this guy 15 minutes of pain right and i can yeah you know, i've I've
1: had <clears throat> crew because i used to be a gaffer and an electrician i've had crew like praise me for my judgment um like oh thank god like it's so great to work with a DP who used to be a gaffer because I won't ask them to do something huge that has very little impact. Like, right. like like I took over a TV show and there was like a 12K out on the front lawn and I was like looking at the direction that it was coming in and like considering whether to move it. And then I like I like stuck my head out the door and saw it was like up on a crank stand. that was like leveled up on like... You know all the different iterations of Apple boxes like on this hilly front lawn.
0: Total pain in the and ass. total
1: pain in the ass to move it. And then I was just like, oh, and I could tell that there just wasn't space. Like if we moved it, you know, basically that before it would not get in the window anymore because of the, it'd be cut out from the angle on the side. Mm-hmm. That it was like not enough room to be to warrant moving it. Like like I could have moved it like eight inches or something. And it before it was like. <laughs> falling off the lawn or whatever the whatever the geography was yeah, but yeah, but yeah. that it, it could move so little that moving it would not have made an impact in
2: yeah, the feel 1%. or the direction
1: yeah of the light right, that right, that right. me going and assessing that and being like right. oh yeah that's not worth it they're like oh my god thank 15 god 15 the, the, the day the, the guy we usually pain, yes. work with would have had us move it and then move it back again right. and move it three times before he realized that it wasn't even worth moving <laughs>
0: right, right 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 it it it's um it reminds me of doing a commercial years ago with um, an Orlando Magic player. doesn't matter. Um, we were shooting in a front yard, and it's two people talking to each other, and we're shooting all of this side, and they've got, excuse me, <laughs> uh, they've got 18Ks out there, because, you know, it's Florida sun. We're out in the sun. And, um, and the, the DP... So... They turn around so they shoot some of this side then they turn around and shoot some of this side then they turn around and shoot some of this side then they turn around and they're moving they're humping twelve by frames and eighteen Ks and like just all the all the gack and I'm like I asked like the gaffer one of the guys I was like why is he making you guys move all this shit and he's like because he doesn't know what he's doing." <laughs> he's he's like we're wasting two hours today Mm because he doesn't know to shoot all this side and then all this side (laughs) either the director or dp didn't know i i can't remember whose fault it really was but it was a it was a lesson in like oh yeah i mean the amount of time like there can be instances where it's like no we just have to do it in order Mm -hmm. and okay fine um but there are other times it's like, I want to do it in order. Yeah, but you can save yourself two hours and have two more hours of shooting today <laughs> if we just do it this way. And the smart people go, oh, okay, yeah, let's do that. Or we can just go home two hours earlier, you know? <clears throat> if it's not like super important, I get it for actors sometimes or for whatever reason it might be, but like just having people hump gear around a yard for no reason in the in the 100 degree Florida heat, like, come on, man, <laughs> it's like, anyway. I don't know if uh, if you've ever experienced that, but it sounds like you probably have. Sure. As not only as a gaffer, but as an electrician. Well, as
1: an electrician, yeah. Because then I wasn't the decision maker; I was just doing what I was <laughs> what I was told. But then, even when you're the decision decision maker, you have to learn some lessons. You know, you sure. Know, you don't. You, that's how you get the experiences by going through it and being like, "Oh, I'm not going to do that again next time." Right. So. Well, that's
0: that's why I was saying like about you coming up as an electrician um, and then gaffer that's well that's what you were saying is how important it is because you know what they have to do to Mm -hmm. you know um to get what you want done yeah i think that's good um what show was that by the way uh
1: the one that i was talking about with the um the the 12k uh it was a turkish television show shooting in new york well i don't know how to pronounce it it was uh called yeni bashtan i think um it it the translation was not a literal one like they it just gave it a completely different title in english which was a green card and it was it was about turkish expats living in new york city but it was it was all in in turkish
0: (laughs) great (laughs) so were all the creatives turkish Mm -hmm. did they speak english or did you have translators the
1: not all the actors spoke english but the uh the creatives did oh okay so sometimes they would translate with the actors for us
0: right yeah, yeah um that's interesting. When was that?
1: I don't remember. Um, yes, I do, because it's when I bought my apartment. It was um, maybe nine years ago, because um, I was closing on my apartment while we were shooting. Like, they called me on Thanksgiving and mm-hmm. said, Are you available? We, we need to replace our DP. Are you available till um, Christmas? Mm. And I was like, yes, with the exception of I'm closing on, I'm buying an apartment, I'm going to have a closing that I can't miss, and I probably won't have any say in which day it is. Um, (laughs) And so if you're okay with that, like, and then the day that happened um, was the worst possible day to lose your DP. It was night exteriors and stunts. And (laughs) I I replaced myself with a friend of mine, uh, Adrian Correa, who we had the same agent, and um we had both been told like whenever the agent would get a call and like you know oh we're looking for dps and then they'd review reels that if they liked if they wanted if they liked adrian's work they liked my work if they liked my work they liked adrian's work like there was something similar to our style oh, okay. and since sensibility and so we ended up meeting or over that being like oh hey we're always up for the same jobs i guess we oh, have similar funny. taste. Um, and we became friends. And so as a result, I had him fill in for me because I knew that he would, um, uh, align his with instincts are yeah, kind of the same. Right. Yeah. Right. And, uh, they did a 16 hour day and he drove, he attempted to drive home to Connecticut and fell asleep at the wheel <sighs> and he ended up being okay, but he totaled his car and broke his collarbone. Oh my God. So he's very lucky that, that he was okay. Wow. So wow. the, the moral of the story is you make a decision to drive home when you think that, that you're fine because you're all amped up on the adrenaline oh, yeah. of shooting the crash and comes real then fast. like 45 then you've got a 45 minute drive ahead of you yeah. and you've been working a long time like you're you're not in the right mind to make that judgment call or not not in the right mind but your assessment of your faculties yeah. is inaccurate mm-hmm. um remember that
0: yeah i mean it only takes your brain like Take
1: your take the rides and rooms, folks. Take the rides and rooms. Right,
0: yeah. I think it only takes like ten to ten to fifteen minutes for your brain to like start Ramped shutting down. down. Yeah. Like um I don't know. I mean I've I've been there before. You don't you don't drive too often, do you? No. Yeah. Um so you probably haven't luckily experienced that too much. But no. <clears throat> out here, you know, sometimes God, you're driving home at rush hour or something. Oh, or to work in, you know, bad times of the day, uh, you know, a, 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 15 or 20 mile drive can be two hours, you know? Um, and two hours you can do a lot of damage. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I remember, I mean, there's so many, you hear about it all the time. guy mm-hmm. totaled his car on the way home. He's so lucky. Oof. Anyway, that's why I was talking to Afton and also, um, um, who else was I talking to about it? New York guys that live that kind of that, far out of the city. Yeah, that yeah, end like up taking Athens rides and stuff all the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. or Long Island and, um, <clears throat> yeah, but they've said they're pretty good about the the rooms. So I just don't know. Like, it's easier as like a DP or an operator to say like, "Hey, I, I need a room" or "I need a ride." I wonder about it for, you know. The day playing electrician or the you know what i mean i i don't know because i don't know i guess they're so worried about getting sued they probably will just do it It, it's kind of in the contract now too right
1: kind of yeah
0: kind of right when it's like yeah um but also pas you know the the, the worst times i've fallen asleep was when i was a pa they do
1: they work those folks hard and then uh, often they have them driving Oh yeah. It's like, I, I, same, same movie that I uh, told my story about, um, worst day. Uh, one of the films that I accidentally triple dipped on. Um, I think it was our last day of shooting. They, we were shooting way out in long Island and we did Mm -hmm. like a, I don't know, more than a 15 hour day, but there was a, I don't remember how many hours it was a really long day. It was a really long time ago, but they had PAs driving us back. Um, (laughs) Who'd been working, you know be- between their earlier call time and them driving out to location and then working all day and then driving us home. And I was mm-hmm. like, no, I'm not getting in a van with the person who's been working for 17 hours. Right. I'm not having that person drive me home. And they, um, they accused me of being difficult, and they right. um, uh, they really um, thought I was being completely unreasonable. And uh, I don't think that would happen now. I think that if someone spoke up for their own mm-hmm. safety and for um, saying that it was a bad idea that everyone, that not just me, but like that you're having this person drive all these other people. And they're like, well, what do you want us to do? Like there wasn't a good solution. So we were just expected to go along with it. But what I was, I well, I was like, p-
0: plan ahead.
1: Yeah. And so I was like, I'm taking the train home. And they're like, well, we're not paying for it. And I was like, okay, I'm not getting in that van. and And they like... Basically made it clear that they were never going to hire me again because they thought that I was so uh, right unreasonable, and I was like, I don't care. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, unfortunately, again, you have to stand up for yourself. <clears throat> if you don't, if you don't stand up for yourself, no one will. And yeah, we have unions and everything, but
1: yeah, this was non-union, and this was a long okay. time ago. People were w- way less conscious. Of safety and just sort of expected to just go along with it.
0: Yeah. yeah, that. Yeah, that. That's the thing too. Is like, um, I was talking to somebody about this the other day. When you're, when you're in a situation where everybody kind of is like, oh, okay. Oh, I was talking to a woman kind of about like the me too stuff. In you know, it's like people know this is part of the deal, and they kind of let it be part of the deal and you know, that's not looking out for yourself. I'm not blaming them. I'm just saying like, you know,
1: the culture of tolerance. Yeah. And
0: letting people behave badly. You know, Mm -hmm. it's behaving pretty badly to, to not not only it's lack of forethought to not have like a new PA come in to drive you home, like Mm -hmm. call somebody in just to do rides at the end of the day or whatever. But it's, it's nasty of them to like accuse you of being difficult because mm-hmm. you're worried that the the gut person driving your vehicle is going to fall asleep on the way home.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: like or be or be too tired to to concentrate and, and you know. I mean, you crash a 15-pass van, people are dying. It's not <laughs> it's not going to be good. But um God forbid. Yeah. Yeah, right. And you know, um Actually, let's
1: let's talk about making movies or cinematography or operating in Oklahoma. Or well,
0: I was way. gonna. T- <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. I was gonna. Um, I was gonna bring up the um, what we started to talk about on Best Day Worst Day, just about uh, you and I. We, we just did this film together, mm-hmm. and the day before we started shooting, we had a breakfast meeting uh, with Eamon, our director, and well. You, spe- you said it was specifically to talk to me and get me on board with what you guys had already been talking about. You didn't say that, but that's, yeah,
1: no, I'm the yeah. one who called for the meeting right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. like made sure he had time to meet you. Um, but I, I I've, um, I've had that meeting with other projects. Like when I've been an operator on a like TV pilot or something where they have the operators come in and meet the director and talk about um, what the visual style is going to be. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I've I've always wanted... So so the movie we just did, I was the DP and Brad was the A-camera steady cam operator, sing, single camera show. And um, my leadership style is to uh, empower people to contribute. And I want... You know, if... I don't believe in micromanaging. I think that if I was going to just dictate the way that everything was done, then we're only going to get the results that occur to me. But if I you know, I'm open and encouraging of all the talented people on my team to bring their ideas. And, and um, you get, you, then you're getting the best out of everybody. And then the right. the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. And um, to me, that's what collaboration is all about. So I, 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 li- I like to over communicate and I want my collaborators to know what the story is that, we're trying to tell and Mm -hmm. and what mine and the director's approach is to telling it so that they're aligned with that that they can bring ideas um that are uh that elevate that and and some of my favorite shots were your ideas
0: oh thanks that's nice of you to say um yeah it was it was nice because um Eamon and I I think gelled pretty quickly on I th- I think we we think a lot alike as far as once he told me what he was looking for I mm-hmm. think I got you it. You got it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so it was nice and and you both even if I had an idea and you're like no. <laughs> Excuse me, I keep having these weird burps. Um even if even if you were like oh, no not right now or whatever, you guys kept saying like, you know, um please keep it coming, mm-hmm. you know. You, you um you your ideas are still
1: welcome, even if we're not taking the, this this yeah. one right now. That doesn't mean we want you to stop, or yeah. that we don't like your ideas, or that we don't want you to
2: yeah,
0: yeah, keep bringing the ideas. No, I yeah. just felt I just I did feel like um, um, very welcome to to have ideas, and um, yeah, it, it was just nice. It was good in that way. It was really good. Um, as a matter of fact, not- I remember the very the very last night. <laughs> You're like we need a transition shot and i'm not coming up with anything
1: <laughs> yeah i went to you i went to the ad um who else did i go to a couple of the trusted collaborators being uh, like i'm i'm out ad- I'm, I'm i'm not coming up with an idea right, I'm like yeah. crowdsourcing ideas for yeah, yeah, yeah. like yeah. what to do here yeah. and
0: then like i don't know 10 minutes later i had a thought and mm-hmm. then five we, minutes later we, we shot. were doing <laughs> it yeah uh yeah um it was it was fun that way and you know it was it was a smaller project than i've been working on lately and um and there's a there's a good and bad to that the bad is there's no extra money for anything there's no extra (laughs) there's barely anything um the good is nobody the word care is the wrong word nobody is concerned enough about the amount of money that it is that they're on anybody else's back mm-hmm. you know what i mean okay yeah the upm's worried and know the line produced whatever but like in general there's no big creatives like freaking out about anything at least not that i that i saw i'm sure there's... they were
1: freaking out about the overtime okay okay so you didn't necessarily see that I knew but i mean that me and Amon had to deal with that but yeah we yeah. didn't necessarily want that energy permeating Mm -hmm. the set um but that was a that that was the only consistent thing you know but but otherwise yeah it was just if we if we made a case for something or we asked for something we were very often told no but then it wasn't like like you said they weren't necessarily um breathing down our necks or, or we were trusted basically. We, we, there was we, no,
0: there was no bigger creative person coming in and saying, don't, you can't do this. I need to see this, do these shots, anything mm-hmm. like that. And, and that bigger nice.
1: creative person was there was yeah, on yeah. set. every um, day. yeah, w- there yeah, was just a lot of trust. Yeah. Um, there, which, which was great.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it was just, it was just nice. Cause you know, on so many, on so many, well, I've been doing so much TV lately there's there are a bunch of people at monitors and that's okay because they have good ideas too or they might have written it or they're you know or whatever <laughs> but like it things can get diluted sometimes they mm-hmm. they you know you, you hear suggestions and it's like okay <laughs> you know sometimes not all the time sometimes they have great suggestions but um and and i've seen powerful directors chuckle at their ideas and say no <laughs> <laughs> which is which is always kind of thrilling but um anyway it was it was nice in that way and uh yeah it was it was good um and we used these crazy anamorphics
1: yeah they were crazy
0: <clears throat> what do you what do you so i don't know if you've ever done that before like using a crazy old set of lenses would you, based on just yes or no, would you do it again next week?
1: No. Okay.
0: <laughs> okay, question number two. Would you rent from a different place? We're not going to say the name of the place, but no, it, wasn't it was the, like... No, it wasn't? it wasn't
1: the place's fault. Okay. No. We, I mean, we're using lenses that were from the 60s, and right. so they're a little delicate. And so, you know, the focus motors, you know, uh, a little too powerful for them, whatever, and then the the... Focus like mechanics, come. I mean, it's it's the risk that you take when you're working with vintage glass. I don't I don't think that they were poorly maintained or I don't think a bad were. set or I, anything I, like that. I, I don't I think, think
0: they were properly serviced. That's what I'm starting to think. But anyway, that's okay. Um, we're not. I'm not trying to shit on anybody. We just had some weird problems that, um, like the like the the remember when I didn't know that the 35 didn't go to infinity. Yes, but it actually did. But it. But, but, the, the, but the the markings were off. off.
1: <laughs> I knew the markings were off when I took the lens. But yeah, I yeah. I picked up the lenses on a Saturday, and I picked up the lenses. I'm not an AC. Like the the <laughs> right, the, right, right, the, right. the circumstances under which I was the one personally picking up the lenses was like very unorthodox and yeah. circumstantial. Um, but I I knew that, and I was like, well, we're just gonna we're not gonna use this lens that often. We're just gonna have to you know, I focus it or tape market or or whatever.
0: Yeah. The other one, it it was
1: not an, it was not good enough reason for me to disqualify that set of lenses at the 11th hour when I didn't, those were the lenses that I wanted to use and didn't have any. No, I understand
0: that. No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not putting it on you. I'm just saying, you know, anyway, um, but they, but they looked really crazy. I was trying to think like, how many shots did we actually do with the 24?
1: Um, maybe two. Right. (laughs) We we I think we knew that when we took the 24, like we're like this, this lens is really, um, really out there. I don't know how often we're going to use it. I actually, I, um, took a little video, um, at the checkout of what that lens looked like and sent it to Eamon to be like, I want to make sure that you like this because I'm considering not even taking it because it's so extreme. And like, I want to make sure that you actually dig it. And think right. we might actually use it if we're going to take it as a part of this set. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I sent. I did did a little like pan around and had like a person walk across the frame and like sent him the the video from my iPhone of like the monitor. And he's like, "I love it." And I was like, "All right, great." <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: I think I saw that video. Like, <laughs> it looks like you're walking around a corner when you're just walking straight. Walking by. straight.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's pretty nuts. <clears throat> um, but we did use the thirty-five.
1: More than I thought we would actually,
0: oh really, yes, yep, we used it on a couple of shots that um surprised me like mm-hmm. the like the wide shot we did uh out in the junkyard mm-hmm um I was surprised we used that lens there at all, although at the at the at the focus at the distance it was focused at it doesn't look as crazy, and it was a, like a lock off so. Mm-hmm. Well,
1: I learned if you, if you stop it down to an eight or 11, like it doesn't look at the edges don't look as nuts.
0: Right. Yeah. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's
1: almost like two different lenses depending on what stop you use it at in terms of what it looks like. We, we should talk about what lenses we're talking about. We haven't even said the name of the movie <laughs>
0: yeah um what do they're called crystal express, crystal right? express but yeah. they're but they're written it's written in a weird way right
1: Xtel. Xtel right. express but it verbally people say crystal express right but it's spelled with an x Xtel, <laughs> express
0: right um
1: which um neon demon shot with those and oh um, did it yeah something else no i was like not apocalypse now i, I forget but like i looked up like what what all was shot with those lenses in history. And I was like, Oh cool. Um, but yeah, that, that 35 is pretty extreme. Yeah. The the 24, even more so. Um,
0: I liked, I, I, I love the weirdness of it and we did some really weird shots with it too. Mm -hmm. Like that was a first for me. Like I've never, I've really never done a shot like that before. And I know people have in music videos and stuff. I haven't
1: what the the her in bed this the, where the I started Steadicam with the rig sideways? upside down yeah. and
0: then o- almost completely upside down and then she sits up and I and I come from almost low mode to high mode with it and the funny part was I looked over at Eamon and he had his head like,
2: <laughs> like he's like leaned sideways? all the way over yeah. and
0: he's like it's so disorienting I'm like yeah it's very disorienting
1: that's why we're doing it
0: <clears throat> right 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 and um
1: or that's how we're using it to to that effect in that particular scene
0: yeah yeah well it's i mean the 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 feel that lens is like kiersey's lens and you know kiersey is one of the actors in the movie that's kind of the way i thought of it you know what i mean Mm -hmm. I, I, i don't know did we do any shots not of well besides that wide shot did we do any
1: I don't remember I think we used it another time but I don't remember what for <laughs> mm,
0: okay yeah but mostly it was her right mm-hmm. yeah
1: yeah. I mean most most of the subjective things in that movie were her yeah I mean it was her subjective mental state of going on this journey you know and that that's what emboldened us to do this you know strong visual style at the times that we did
0: yeah <laughs> I, I yeah It's, uh, yeah, it was, it was cool like that anyway. And the actors were so great. We're talking about a movie called asking for it, which no one's heard of yet. Unless you're listening to it, to us a year or more from now. Yeah. (laughs)
2: Uh,
0: or,
1: or that you were one of the members of the crew because am I the first person you are? Because Brad threatened like every person on that crew from the actors to the, to the crew people to come be a, a guest on his podcast. So I expect you threatened I didn't <laughs> threaten anybody I no. I th- threatens not the right word um invited
0: no hopefully you know um most of the people that I talk to about it are are um very into it actually I had I had one that was supposed to happen on Wednesday but um uh, she was not feeling well so we'll do it another time but um anyway um I I don't I hesitate to say the name just in case I was being blown off and she'll never come on.
1: <laughs> you can tell me later. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I I'm just kidding. I don't I don't really think that. But um, no. Anyway, yeah. It was it was just um, it was a it was an interesting experience because we we're all in the little town and we all became friends. You know, mm-hmm. in a in a pretty quick um, amount of time because we were in this little town in Oklahoma where there was basically one bar to go to at night. So everybody from number one on the call sheet to the PAs hung out there and so did everybody else in town so it was like
1: (laughs) that's what I love about low budget away jobs is that um feel that like um sort of summer camp like camaraderie like um I don't want to say after hours but like you're you're kind of absorbed by the project the entire time that you're there and that you're all in it together has this like Team spirit bonding thing to it that I think is really special.
0: Right, right. That
1: that I haven't I haven't had that in a while. But any time that I have, it's always been a why does it a have to be low experience. budget though? Maybe it doesn't. I just I haven't <laughs> done a I, I haven't done a bigger budget away job that has had that um, that it's level of, of camaraderie to it. I I think something about of true, the though. low There's budget so many
0: people like either there's a lot of either people, would have been lot of people in City. right or
1: people are spread out or they're yeah. in hotels or they're going they're going home on the weekends um, but also there's like this low budget um um over the spirit of overcoming adversity together that you're like like we we're beating we're against you know we're beating the odds together through like right. grit and determination and the love of the material and the project and each other that Um, bonds people together that you don't hopefully don't have (laughs) when a a project is properly funded that um you you uh have everything that you need that um that you're more comfortable but but the fact that you're um you know scraping by for every uh thing that you're trying to say or accomplish like gives it a little more um uh i don't know a little more satisfaction if if you will that you're that you're achieving it because it's so difficult
0: <laughs> yeah
1: does that make sense
0: yeah 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 no just uh it was hard
1: yeah it was
0: <laughs> it was good in a lot of ways but it was hard in a lot of ways and yep. you know we i mean we definitely didn't have any creature comforts of an, uh, most sets and um and you know people moan a little i've moaned a little bit about it i'm sure but um for the most part everybody's just like well it's the way it is and and we'll get through it it and i give a lot of credit to the cast
1: i would say the actors were all were great sports with with what
0: <laughs> they were so the good
1: conditions the, the, the yeah that yeah, that we were in out there and yeah like not having the amenities and
0: yeah. Um, and really the majority just rolling
1: with the punches and being great team players and
0: Yeah. And the majority of them have you know they're they're not they um, a few of them are young, but for the most part they're not new. They've all worked on, on
1: much bigger films. On some yeah.
0: some of them on giant movies, mm-hmm. and, you know. Um so they know what it's like, you know, to have lobster and steak for lunch every day. Mm-hmm. And um and they were super cool like especially luke mm-hmm. <laughs> luke hemsworth is in this movie and he's just like the most fun guy and um he was like this social chair
1: of, of like all the yeah, outings right. like yeah him and him and sean oh my always God. Like- he,
0: he and sean i mean okay here's a great example sean sean rogers one of the actors um and Luke became like super buddies and Sean became buddies with everybody. Cause that's who Sean is. He's been texting me. by the way. <laughs> I miss you guys. But anyway, um, uh, one day he wasn't working and we were shooting, but he wasn't on that day. And we were talking about beer in the fridge or something. And I was like, dude, are you on the thing? Will you like, he's like, Oh, you want me to buy you beer? Yeah, sure. So I just like gave him money and he bought me, he bought me beer and put it in the fridge for me, <laughs> like while we were at work. When does that happen? Because we were so, we were we were staying in the same in the same hotel, but like how often does that happen? I just and like it was nothing, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. which was great. <clears throat> anyway, um, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And Kiersey and Ebony bought me uh, brought me tacos one night. <laughs> they went on Everyone a run. And they so were like,
1: sweet.
2: Yep.
0: I think I, I think I just lucked out I was in the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um anyway. Um it was just an it was just a nice experience with all of them. No one no one complained and and um you know how that is. Once one person starts it it mm-hmm. rolls downhill, you know. Um anyway, yeah. You, you, well
1: i'm was very glad to have you
0: I was glad to be there it was good it was good we did some cool steadycam too mm-hmm. God that last day ugh, I so didn't want to do steadycam and then it it worked out because it was so windy I was mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. but I mean obviously that that stuff really just needed to be steadycam and <clears throat> and then of course like an hour later the wind totally stops but it was blowing like Eighteen, and made, he was checking at sixteen. Or yeah, 18 they had miles a wind
1: meter because that. By the time we wrapped, um, oh, the stop. wind got really bad. Like, like I think we we had good luck that the that the wind sort of waited for us oh, to wrap. We got like, so, like like the storm came in. Yeah, like there was basically a crazy windstorm. Like we would have an ice storm if, if, and it, <laughs> if we had been shooting like another forty five minutes, we would have had to take in the condor down. Like that's yeah. that's how. Oh yeah, yeah. That's yeah. how bad the wind got. Yeah. Like because I stuck around. Um, just to, to uh, say goodbye to everybody and to like get all my stuff together. So our last night it was a night exterior. And um, just while they were rapping, like the 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 wind just... Oh, the, yeah. Um, public service announcement to anyone shooting in Oklahoma. The wind in Oklahoma is no joke. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about one example where the wind picked up, but the wind is consistently... Uh, A problem. There's basically always wind. There's always 10 to 15 mile an hour wind. Like we, uh, we had trouble flying, we had trouble flying drones. Um, the every single local candidate that I interviewed from Grip to Electric all warned me about the wind. And they're like, Yeah, we always warn DPS and they like think we're, uh, overreacting. (sighs) And then we get to the shoot and they're like, Oh my God, you tried to warn me. Like, um, yeah, I'm, uh, Friendly with Rodrigo Prieto, who is a mentor of mine, and I knew that he was scouting for Scorsese's next movie shooting in Oklahoma while we were there, that they were scouting. And I texted him. I was like, has anyone adequately warned you about the wind in Oklahoma and how much it will actually impact your choices? Because (laughs) like we couldn't even fly a six by um, ever like our, our, luckily we got this, um, this light from Roscoe. This is called a maxi. It's like, a, it's, it's, it's kind of the size of like a sky panel 360, but it doesn't weigh as much and you can like break it into two pieces or it like folds up. But, um, it became, so it's like this big, I, w- I would guess like maybe four by four foot, uh, giant led soft light. And that became our night exterior fill light. Um, it was pretty much one of the work we had a lot of night exteriors that pretty much one of the workhorses of our entire shoot and I got lucky that that was like a demo like loner light from Roscoe that I didn't even know existed they just sent it to me when I like called them up and being like hey you guys have any lights I can borrow
2: right.
1: <laughs> and um, because we couldn't bounce like my normal go to for a night exterior for fill light would be like a big like an 8 or 12 by bounce and we couldn't we couldn't fly anything like that because of the wind um so that that
0: uh no i mean that one night it like oh it was a um
1: the night we got shut down for weather
0: yeah it just started blowing things over like nothing yep like
1: like we had tons of sandbags yeah we had tons of sandbags on things (sighs) we had stuff roped down um yeah it got to a point i mean it ended up Becoming a, a lightning storm, so that we had to shut down the generators and everything. Anyway, but before the lightning came, the wind came, and it was basically like, uh "Yeah, we can't shoot anymore."
0: <laughs> yeah, the weather there was insane. Yep, I, I mean, and it, it wasn't
1: was, even tornado season. Like no. we were there post tornado season because that's another concern.
0: Yeah, uh, but it was, it was literally like I think seventy-eight or eighty one day.
1: The, the degrees. What, yeah. Uh-huh.
0: And then two days later, it was 19. 19.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> you remember that too? Yep. I'm like, what? I mean, th- that's the funny part. Like on the last day, I came in shorts and a t shirt. And then as soon as the sun starts going down there, the temperature starts coming down really fast. And we knew it was going to get colder anyway, but I just started putting clothes on like, mm-hmm. and finished the night in not my heaviest jacket, but you know, a winter coat and, and a
1: hat and, and a, yeah. Yeah, like.
0: yeah. And a wool cap. Cause it was probably in the
1: forties maybe.
0: Mm, I don't, I think it was lower and it got even lower as they wrapped. It was going down, but it might've been, let's say 40 when we, when we finished and you know. Well, the
1: next day with the wind and everything, it was down to like the teens.
0: Yeah, right. That's Like the day we left. Well, was... they finished wrapping at like eight in the morning or nine in the morning or something. I mean, I went back, I don't know, four, three, four. What time did we wrap? Something like that, right?
1: Yeah, between three and four.
0: Yeah. And um, they spent another four or five hours out there and it just got colder. They told me you could barely stand on the, on the the um, uh, on the lift gate because it was iced ju- over.
1: Oh, wow. I thought you were gonna say that you barely barely stand on the ground because you'd get blown over by the wind. <laughs> well,
0: between the wind and the, the the ice, like it wasn't a it wasn't a safe place to be. That's why it took them so long to wrap. It would have been like a three hour wrap maybe or something. But well, like, it
1: was the last night, so they had to like sort and organize shit. That's so. you
0: no, know, no, I know, but but like just getting it into the truck. <laughs> he's like shit was flying everywhere. Keith was telling me about. It. I'm like our key grip. He was like, oh my god, but um and we were I was drinking beer in, in the in the lobby of the hotel. <laughs> Everybody else it was um it was pretty fun um <clears throat> all right, have we talked about all our d- recent movie stuff, or is there more to talk about it?
1: I don't know, I mean there's an infinite amount of things to talk about
0: like no, no no, I just mean about the that movie yeah, yeah, yeah uh I think we've I think we've talked that out
1: well i'll, I'll I will say i did a, um I did a short film like a week later, so i I went straight from Oklahoma to Poland for camera image. Um, And then I went back from camera image the next day I, I had a tech scout and then like two days later I shot this f- short film. It was like an 18 hour day, like oh. a short done in, all in one day. Um, but I got there, I, I knew I was going to be operating myself because it's a pretty small crew and I got there and I was like, fuck, I miss Brad. <laughs> Uh, right. <laughs> I was like oh I have to like operate I have to like b- I have to like make these decisions myself and like I right, like, have right, to like right. go and like set up the camera uh, crap like, can I just like deal with the lighting and yeah um, it, it wasn't that it was more just the um, uh, because I was so drained creatively and energetically from having just wrapped that feature and going straight to Poland and not having really adequately rested or recovered yeah that it was more of a um meant mental creative energy that I had to focus towards, um, shots and shot design that Mm. I had, uh, become accustomed to, um, you know, putting that, uh, ball in your court and and feeling comfortable with that, you know, as a, as a collaborator that, um, that I was like, oh, okay, I'm spread a little thin right now. Like I, like Brad's got that, like, I don't need to put my energy or focus there Mm because I had that trust They i could like put it somewhere else which is what you know i prefer not operating um which is always weird at at, like the the level that i'm working at the the, the part that's always weird is like the interview stage where people ask me how i feel about operating and i'm just like oh am i gonna talk myself out of a job Mm. because they're gonna not they're like expecting the tp to operate at a you know $2 $2 million or $1 million movie or, like, the stuff that I usually right. am, am shooting as a DP. And I always answer that question in a way that, you know, is sort of open-ended because it is the truth. Like, I'll, I'll operate if I need to. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and occasionally I have chosen to operate for for specific reasons, but very often it's just a budgetary reason where it's just like, oh, well, we don't um, have the money to have or, – or we don't have the space to have, like – you know, quote unquote extra crew members. Like uh, they, they expected me to operate on this movie until we got to the point where it was clear we needed enough steadicam that um, it warrant, especially being out in Oklahoma. I think if we were shooting that in New York or LA, we would have day played a steadicam operator. Right. But the fact that we had to, would have had to keep bringing somebody in um, there was like, Oh, okay. Well, we, we know that we need steadicam. Yeah, uh, at least half
0: the amount of money. You spend half on the flights time. And yeah, whatever. so it was like right.
1: let let's just get a full time steadicam operator who you know can be the a camera operator because yeah. I'd rather have an operator. Yeah, if we can swing it.
0: And you know what? It, it's funny. Um, I think in many cases, it's not if you can swing it; it's can you not? <laughs> you because you've been there, and it's like okay. What do I work on right now? Talking to them about where the dolly track needs to go, or talking about where that light needs to go, or talking about talking or, to or the go actors about. Where they need to yeah, or go look at my exposure.
1: Yeah, or or go figure out like you know how bright <clears throat> the sun is across the street. You know, hitting that white building, and I need to set my exposure based on that. So I have to build up my light level, and like, right. is the sun moving? It, 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 it's just so much to think about. I, I mean, I, in
0: my in my opinion, like not having an operator is akin to like not having a gaffer.
1: <laughs> it's just, it's way slower. Yeah. It's it, 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 way slower.
0: It, so, so they're like, can we afford to have this? It's like, can you afford not to? How much overtime are you, are you ready to do? You know, if, if, if I can save you and production an hour every day, that's an hour of, that's a lot of money. Yeah. That's way more that's than, more than you're me. making. Yeah. Way more. <laughs> so you know it just never it just seems short-sighted to me but luckily they came around and um uh just with just with the way some of that was it it would have been rough on you oh i know <laughs> it would yeah. have been rough so um yeah, Lu- and anyway.
1: luckily when we the only we only had a second camera for one day um but um, we, we should have had one for for more than one, <laughs> more than one day, um, well, there were a couple days we could have definitely, uh, um, but, uh, when the second, there, there was a point where they were considering having two cameras full time mm-hmm. early on in mm-hmm. the budgeting process or before we st- it wasn't actually, it was not that early on. It was when we did the schedule and we saw how. Um, jam-packed and sort of unrealistic the schedule was that um, we're like should we just have two cameras full-time and um, they were they ran the numbers and they couldn't couldn't swing it but um, luckily when they said you know well if we add a second camera and I said well I don't want to op- if if we're doing two cameras I do not want to operate one of them and I I was prepared for that to be not a fight but like a me having to justify why and convince why and that's like normally the case that you have to um explain why that's not in their best interest mm-hmm. or what where what your position is on that, but they they immediately got it. They're like, "Oh no, we wouldn't want you to operate. We oh, wouldn't okay. want you to operate the second camera like gotcha. that what would be the whole point is to make everything go faster, like if you have to pay attention to two cameras at once because you're operating one of them and you can't see what the other operators do like that doesn't that doesn't save time. And I was like, oh, I'm so glad that funny. You, I'm some, so glad that you realized that there have
0: been big movies out just recently that um good sized movies where um the dp did be camera Mm -hmm. and um i'm always a little surprised by that i think some dps just like and they enjoy operating yeah and um and also when you're on something big you can you can play back all the time and you don't have to see it right then we weren't playing back we weren't doing anything like that so if you wanted to know what the shot looked like, you had to watch it while, 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 we're, while, while we, we, we were it. doing it. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and, and
1: not only that, not, not that I'm so attached to having to look over the other operator's shoulder, but so many judgments are being made on the fly about what you have for coverage and what you can get away with cutting in your shot list based on how your shot just went like Mm -hmm. like watching that shot is like oh okay we got that we don't need that close-up you know because that played so well Mm -hmm. in the two shot or um that moment you know that that we shot listed like to make sure you get these points or beats out of the scene you know and like we've we've got that or we don't have it and we needed to add a shot because what we conceived of as a one or like the timing and the pacing isn't working out so we need to add uh another shot so that you can repace Mm -hmm. the scene. And you you can't really know that stuff until you assess how it's going to be like, you know, do you have it or not have it? Or do you have it well enough that you can combine shots and coverage? And it's like the, the, the organism, the living organism that is the shot list just needs constant, constant assessment. And if you're, if I was to be operating the B camera and not getting to see what the A camera was doing, I couldn't be properly assessing those things.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, that's how I feel about it. But I, I do understand that a lot of DPS are attached to operating, either because they enjoy it or, um, you know, I, I see a lot of younger DPS who struggle, like who are, who are getting the opportunity to do bigger films and coming into the expectation that they won't be operating, and they're really struggling with. You know how are they going to communicate with an operator mm-hmm. who isn't them and and just fearing that they're not going to get what they want like right. like so much of their identity of their of themselves as a cinematographer is wrapped up in them operating the camera and um you know the way that i look at it is it, it's it's part of it's part of growing as a dp is learning how to communicate to an operator mm-hmm. like what you what you are looking for and what you want from that operator, you know, I, I always obviously I'm married to a camera operator, so I respect the camera operator's job and and position. But right. I I feel like a good camera operator can bring more to the table than I would um, get out of it if I were operating myself.
0: Right, right, yeah. I think yeah, I think with um with um with somebody experienced, that's true. You know, I I i I used to be i mean as you learn you you learn you know so over the years i think i've I've worked with pretty much every kind of person the one that wants all the input, the one that wants to tell you everything, the one that you know the every version of that and um and i I'd say most operators or good ones anyway can can work within those boundaries, whatever they are it may take a few days to figure out exactly what they are mm-hmm. but um but yeah, you know, if you just want to say like go from here to here, period, that's it. I want it this tight, period. Fine. I mm-hmm. can do that. I mean, it can be it can be a little less fun. Mm-hmm. Um but you know, um it's it's also less work kind of. <laughs> so, you know, um Anyway, I, I appreciate that you respect that you know we have something to offer. I, I think just in the in the general world, people hear the the term camera operator and they're like, yeah, I mean, I have a phone, I can, I can take a video too. You know what I mean? And people mm. think of it. I'm, I'm making it a little, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but in general, like people, oh, the idiot with the camera, like whatever, you know, and. They don't understand that like, there's a lot of logistics involved. Okay, yeah, putting your eye on the eyepiece and looking through it and doing the shot, that's the fun part. And other stuff can be fun too, but like, you know how long it takes to learn like, exactly where you need to put Dolly Track and which way you need to put the Dolly and this and do this and like, how can we get, I need to get here but there's the walls in the way and how do we, right, Mm -hmm. and if I go, oh, we'll just do this, this and this and it'll work, and I know that, it's great. Instead of four of us like um mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like- yeah,
1: no, I remember those le- I remember learning those lessons in film school. I remember setting up the dolly facing into the window and being like, "Oh fuck, we can all see each other." I mean, see ourselves, you know. Oh, right, like, right, you know, right, like right, those right. kinds of Right. lessons and like
2: right. and ref-
1: dealing with reflections. I mean, the the day that you were sick that um Oh, God, I, I, got I the flu. Oh. <laughs> you weren't the only one, but um I know. But yeah, that was a serious like took took a couple people down for a couple days. Oh. Um but the the day that you were sick and then I did some handheld and then um I, you know, I hadn't I'd been out of practice, you know, like I hadn't been operating in a little while and yeah. like wasn't in that mindset. Um even though I do I do operate myself I do operate sometimes when I'm DPing and then sometimes I do operate for hire on like T V shows or like second unit DP slash yeah. C camera operator on a TV thing or whatever. But um my point being I I know how to operate. <laughs> right.
0: uh, but
1: in this case I was out of practice and then I just started um vibing and flowing with the actors, like following them from one car to another car. And then I was just like, oh, shit, camera shadows. Oh, shit, reflections. Oh, shit, timing of, like, basically all the physicality of, like... Because it's like, oh, I-, I was used to this story and the vibe and the flow of it. And, mm-hmm. like, was able to drop into that instantly in terms of the the actual operating of the of the handheld. But then the whole, like, doing a rehearsal and being like, oh... If I step this way, you know, I see myself or, um, let me pivot my hips at this moment so that I can separate the motion of my body when I do like a, not quite a whip pan, but like, you know, when I pan this person out and land on this other person, like where they're going to be, where I need to be to, to nail that, you know, landing and all that kind of physicality Mm -hmm. stuff. I was just like, oh yeah. Um.
2: The
0: logistics, it took it, the, yeah, stuff that stuff that people don't notice. Mm-hmm. Even on sets, people don't notice. You know, right? <laughs> you just, and
1: and and me and that's fine. having <laughs> been basically watching you operate, and even if I had notes, it was always just about timing and flow. So then when I went and did that part of it, it was fine. But then it was like all of that, like timing and physicality and right, right. body awareness and <laughs> like yeah. that kind of stuff that it took me yeah. like a couple takes to like get back into sort of an operator mindset instead of just right. a DP mindset And
0: you of know, operating. Right. Yeah. Well, dolly work used to be way tougher with film because you had to contort your body into all kinds of positions right, to keep your eye on the eyepiece. Eye yeah. And now with the exception of handheld and here and there, I'm, I'm monitor like 95% of the time or whatever mm-hmm. um, which a lot of people are now and um, it's just a lot different so like you can raise and lower the camera and it, I don't have to do anything you know um, I, I've told a story about doing a shot on American Horror Story where I had to go from and completely tilted up to 180 degrees, completely tilted down and a timing thing. And
1: did you have two monitors, one for the front of the shot and one for the
2: back? I had end of the no shot?
0: monitor. All oh. I had was the long eyepiece for the, um, it was an XL two. Mm-hmm. And, uh, cause it was the first shot and it was a second unit day and the assistants didn't know where anything was. So they couldn't even find the short eyepiece until <laughs> we did this. And, i was a sweaty mess because i was literally starting like on a knee on the dolly because the long eyepiece is that long so it's and it's like pointed straight down and then you have to stand up with it because we were going from um well yeah we weren't we weren't booming i don't think i think it was a tiny boom but um at the end, I'm standing on an apple box, looking straight down into. the... Anyway,
1: I recently did a film job, and I there were times where I just capped the eyepiece and used the monitor for for those crazy right, contortioning things, I, which like,
0: I happily would have done, but they couldn't find the fine. monitor yet. It was, you know, we walked on the stage, and it was also there was there was two thirty-five mil no, sorry, three thirty-five millimeter packages and three Super sixteen packages all on the floor it was like 80 cases sitting in the middle of the stage and none, nobody knew where anything was
1: <laughs> so welcome to second
0: unit right so i was a sweaty mess by the <laughs> by the end of the first setup <laughs> 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 but anyway um nowadays it's so easy with with the monitor and a good monitor you know even when monitors first came out like i started seeing them like early 2000s you probably did too right on film cameras monitors Mm -hmm. and they were shit they're very sd and low quality well the thing
1: i just shot was was uh with the 416 and they did they don't have hd taps for for 416s they
0: never did an no i I mean this
1: no this was like everything else was like top of the line you know with with everything else that we had and it was like directly from ari the camera package, but they just never put HD taps into four sixteen. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, huh. it, so it was, that was all standard def and yeah. it's just like, oh, this looks like crap
2: Yeah. or
1: we're shooting something really high contrast and the tap is doing its auto exposure thing. And it's like,
2: uh, yeah. you know, you
1: either can't see the dark stuff or the, the, the or the out. bright stuff is so blown out. You right, can't right, even right. see where the person is. Right.
0: Like, yeah. Oh, funny. Um, That's a great camera. Mm hmm. I didn't realize they never did HD taps for yep. it. That's funny. I mean, that that's back to the old days when, I mean, you were operating for yourself, but like in the old days, they had to trust the operator. Yeah. They couldn't tell focus. They couldn't, you know, they couldn't, they couldn't see shit and you see it perfectly through the lens. And so you're the only one who knows, you know, mm-hmm. you, what was that SOC's old line was like, we, we see, see it, it for, first, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Not true anymore. (laughs) You know, it's just uh, it's just not. We see it at the same time as 25 other people or more. And um,
1: but you're the closest.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's still fun. It just take it. It took a little bit of the magic out of the job, Mm -hmm. you know, and and also the respect. There used to be a bigger respect, um, I think, for operators than there is now. Um,
1: well, same for DPs.
0: I agree. Yeah. I agree, I mean, but yeah. people
1: talk about it a lot with the DPs, but it, I haven't specifically heard it spoken about in that same way for operators. But I mostly just hear people talk about steady cam operators since I'm married to one.
0: But. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, no, I mean, it's connected because the, the, the same magic was the same magic the DPs had, which mm-hmm. was, you know, the chemical uh, process of exposing film and. You know, we got to see it happening kind of thing and whatever. But anyway, and now they can, if they want, they own the footage and they can do whatever the hell they want to it and then release it, right? And they can, oh, the other one is, and I've heard about people just shooting wide and then...
1: Reframing everything.
0: Everything gets reframed later. I'm like, what are you, what? (laughs) Like, that's so crazy. Um, But no, I mean, reframing in post, like... it's just so non-artistic to me. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like the opposite of <laughs> of making art. It's like just let's just shoot everything wide, and then we'll you know we'll get, we'll get an algorithm to tell us what looks best later. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like they'll th- that's essentially already happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, except it's a director like I don't know. What do you think? Should we tighten it up a little or whatever? I don't know how the conversation goes, but oh. Ugh.
1: So when you said yes to this little movie, um my understanding of why you took it for <laughs> in terms of being smaller than stuff you usually work on and and shit pay comparatively um was because you you know be, being in the TV world that you're in that you wanted to get back to doing features. Was was it did it satisfy whatever you were looking for in in that regard? Yeah, it was you good.
0: Know? It was good. I mean You know, features are a different thing than TV and like what's great about features is every day is like a new thing, you know, typically. And this isn't always true, but typically you're not like on the same stage every day or the same three stages or whatever, every single day for week after week after week after week, same sets like you get to do different stuff all the time and. I enjoy that. I also like traveling. So to go somewhere else to do a movie is fun. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah. So yes, the answer is yes, it did. You know, it didn't, my bank accounts not exploding or anything, but well, um, you
1: knew that when you said yes. Right. No, I knew that. (laughs) Yeah.
0: yeah. No, that I was going to say, but no complaints there. That's not, Mm -hmm. that's not what I was. That's not what I was after. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we all need money, but we need other things too. So, it was good it was good I enjoyed it and I, I think um, the podcast will uh, won't suffer because of it either although because <laughs> I didn't have any in the pipeline I haven't released one in a while so this will be the first new one in a while oh okay but um, uh, it, hopefully uh, hopefully people will still listen they haven't forgotten who I am <laughs> um, you want to take a break for a minute okay I'm going to hit the bathroom okay okay we'll be right back a guy from um, Australia emailed me. God, I'm forgetting his name off the top of my head. And said, um, uh, you know, I hear once in a while, I hear like a banging like somebody's hand coming down. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. People do like people do that sometimes and they don't even notice it. And um, he said, oh, you should get these shock absorber pad things, which is why I have these <laughs> <laughs> so, you can still kind of hear it, but it's it, it takes a lot of it out. I'm like, oh, great. When people Thanks, get man.
1: emphatic and start pounding on the table, you well, some it?
0: people just start, then they're like, anyway. And then, so I was, and, just, they and like... they're like tapping away. And mm-hmm. um, one person was like, like their knee was like going crazy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, stop that.
1: Stop <laughs> fidgeting.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: But, you know, people just, and, and people I get think nervous. They, they yeah. get a little bit nervous and they, you know they're also they're thinking, so they're doing whatever habit their hands do or whatever mm-hmm, it might mm-hmm. be, but anyway uh yeah we're 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 back from from a very short break, a white cloud break for me <laughs> white and bathroom um so uh so I noticed that you'd worked on that um David Letterman show, yeah. Uh, what's it called? Uh,
1: um, my guess, My next guest needs no introduction. Right, yeah. Yes.
0: Right, 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 right. Which I've watched a couple of. Mm-hmm. The next one uh, on my list, well, the next one coming up for me was the Kanye one. And I'm like, I can't with the guy. I just
1: can't. <laughs> I did not work on the Kanye one. <laughs> um, so I was one of the camera operators for that. I think we had seven cameras. Uh, Declan Quinn was the DP. Um, and I, I'd never... Not never, but it, it'd been a long time since I did that sort of live show format.
0: Um, right, yeah.
1: T- type of thing. And it, it it was fun. Um the the first one I did was Obama. And that they, they, they like didn't tell anyone who the guest yeah, was, I can was imagine. going to be. Yeah. Um so the crowd went wild. But did they and, ask
0: you did they get your social security number? Yeah, we
1: we knew that it we knew that we were having a background check. So right. and we knew. So you knew it was somebody. Yeah, big. I, we wondered if it would be Hillary or even Trump or or who it, who it was going to be. Um, right. And then I think we found out that morning. But when we found out, they're like, "Don't say anything because the audience who's coming in we still doesn't know." Yeah, we want their right. their reaction.
0: So how did they deal with the audience? Because they did the audience also know they submitted stuff for security reasons.
1: Um, they m- or not? I'm not sure. I mean, the audience was all through a booking company Mm. um that books i think they book live audiences Mm. and i know that they all had to check their uh, there they had metal detectors um because we we shot on location in different theaters um and that they had to like rig up you know all the lighting and like some of them we had to take the seats out for camera positions is a pretty, pretty big ordeal but the um they had metal detectors and they had um uh, little bags for your cell phones. So you, oh, you, right. you, I think they gave them to you, but they were in a lock, like in a locked up you situation. Couldn't you couldn't get them out until you left. So you had left. your
0: phone on you. If I you, think so. If you saw an emergency call, you could get somebody to open.
1: No, I don't know. You, you couldn't see your phone. It was almost like in a, like oh, a like little, yeah, black bag, lead, yeah, a black bag oh, okay. where it was locked. You Got know, it. Huh, I, don't, I don't think they literally confiscated the phones. I think they. You right, know, they just they made left, you lock, lock up your again. phone.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> right. Got it. That makes sense. It, as opposed to them holding them and everybody losing their phones or whatever. Yeah. I think a lot of comedians are doing that now. Um. Yeah. That's that's pretty cool. Um. How long? And the Obama one was great.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um. How long was it? Was it one? It was just one interview, right? Yeah. But each you didn't one do was two or anything.
1: No. Each one was one a one day shoot, and I think we did. Th- did we go through them twice? Um, trying to remember if we went. I don't think we did. Well, gosh, why don't I remember <laughs> mm. whether we did. Or I think we did a rehearsal. Yeah, we definitely did a rehearsal with stand-ins. Mm. And um, and uh, we did a little bit of rehearsal of like the walk-in and whatnot with actual actual Dave. Um in the introductions and that kind of thing, um, but yeah, I guess I guess we only did it once. There, there. Can't
0: imagine them asking those. Que- Barry that's right. To do yeah, yeah,
1: twice. yeah. <laughs> um, and there was uh, there's more. They're longer than you know. They they've been edited. So yeah, sure, watching the Obama one, I was just like wondering like what um, what things that they. We're going to keep and what things they were going to get rid of right, and right. that kind of thing my, my favorite one was howard stern which was a surprise to me because i'm not like a howard stern fan yeah i mean i'm familiar with him as a person and a personality but um he's just a super intelligent and interesting guy and seeing him on the other side mm-hmm. of being interviewed and like well he's been
0: on doing letterman for years and years but Mm -hmm. this is a little different than Mm -hmm. that show yeah he he strikes me um he's obviously a smart guy uh, but he's so much more interesting as a human being than he is as like a talk radio guy or whatever whatever you call what he does Mm -hmm. wacky morning show and people claim to love his interviews but and maybe he does get stuff out of people but i don't know i i I just listening to him, even when I was younger, I always thought it was crass. Oh yeah. You know, I, and I'm not a, I'm not a, a wilting flower. Shock, or anything. shock
1: jock was, you know, his it, whole it, MO. And I yeah. think, you know, I, I think that that's what he got. Um, I just thought it beca- was dumb beca- because that's what he got known for. And that's what he got attention for. Yeah. There was, then that sort of brand expectation that he would continue to deliver on that. And then it's like, oh, well, you know, keep pushing it further and further. Of and course. Yada, yada. So.
0: Well, everybody, I mean, the whole world tried to copy him. <laughs> and a lot of people did. Um, you know, I, I listened to a couple of podcasts, specifically one with a couple of ex-radio guys who who left to do their own podcast, who've been very successful and surprisingly enough, sell one of the podcasts back to the radio station that they air every night, <laughs> which is crazy. <laughs> Um, But they always, their old joke is like 90s radio. Mm -hmm. They're like, 90s radio, like, you know, how much can I pay you to do this? And like just stupid shock jockey stuff. But And they were on a morning show that was totally Mm -hmm. like that. And they always kind of make fun of it. As a matter of fact, the one guy's name was Drunky the Bear. That's what they (laughs) called him because he would wear a a bear suit and do stunts. And um, anyway... Crazy stunts, too. Like, almost-die stunts. <laughs> Ridiculous like shit. Like,
1: jackass things?
0: Yeah, for, like, no money. Mm-hmm. Like, just crazy shit. Anyway. Um, but uh, they always talk about 90s radio, and I always think of Stern, and I'm like, ugh. But I have friends who just, like, love him. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you do, too. Mm-hmm. Probably, you probably have more. He's very New York.
1: That's a good point, yeah.
0: But... um.
1: But yeah, anyway, yeah. that was, a, that was a fun experience doing the the sort of live show format where you're just like really, um, uh,
0: there's something special with you get one chance at it. Yeah. That yeah.
1: sort of energy and mm-hmm. like the excitement and the, um, it's focus. Very, here we go. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's neat. I've I've done actual live before cuz this was live to
1: this tape. This was live to tape, but yeah, um, it's still like we are getting one thing, shot though. at it. Yeah, no, like don't Obama's fuck up not and, Yeah, his, exactly. <laughs> his
0: story. No. Um but uh but like live baseball and basketball and stuff and just I don't it's just crazy. And then the director would be like, "Camera 4." like when i did baseball camera four do do just do something and uh, to transition us in from commercial and i'm like oh <laughs> it's like you have 20 seconds pick
1: something yeah fuck
0: <laughs> okay i'll tilt down off of this thing i don't know um <clears throat> but that kind of like and maybe it's not great but it's on the air
1: yep <laughs> the think thinking on your feet yeah. skills yeah
0: yeah um <clears throat> i think i only ever did one baseball game <laughs> I would have done more, but, um, no, but that whole, that vibe is fun.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so fun. Yeah, it was a cool change of pace.
0: Yeah. I've thought many times about, um, cause I love the LA Kings hockey mm-hmm. and I've thought many times about trying to get in, like where if I wasn't working, like I could be the backup guy, <laughs> but then I'm like, Oh, it's a whole different union. It's a whole, yeah. it's a whole thing. I'm like, and they have plenty of backup guys. Or ladies, I'm sure. So,
1: I'm always impressed when because I don't really watch TV, but I'll be out and about, and like the Olympics will be on, for example, and I'll just get sucked in to paying attention to the television at the bar because the Olympics are on, and the the camera operating is always so fucking impressive. Like in a way that just I think that they, they just keep um, elevating it mm-hmm. year after year of, of like you know unexpected. Positions, but also just even just some of the timing, like even watching the Super Bowl and stuff, like the the degree to which those camera operators understand the game and the timing, and they're pulling their own focus but zooming at the same time, and how it's all just like the the magic of the timing and the alchemy of those things. I'm um, I'm always impressed by the quality. I mean, of course, if if you're it's the Super Bowl, of course. Or it's the Olympics, of course. You're going to have the best, you know, yeah. sports operators in the world <laughs> for those kinds of events. But yeah. even so, it's still, even though the expectation is high, I still yeah. find myself wowed and awed by, by some of the camera operators. Although and you know, Ro-
0: you know, Rob Vona was on. He's a live TV guy, and he's like, he's like, no, I'm not. I, I don't do the Olympics anymore because they don't pay any money. <laughs> Like they don't, they don't want to pay anybody. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know when that started or how long that's been a thing, but it's like a prestige thing. But right. look, if you're, you know, if you're, uh the operator who shoots downhill skiing
2: mm-hmm.
0: all through the season, you're going to do it for the Olympics too.
2: Yep.
0: You know what I mean? Like, you know, if you do downhill skiing and F1 racing, like those are your, like one is summer, one is world, whatever, whatever <laughs> yeah. it is you do when you yeah. travel around mm-hmm. the world doing it. You're going to do it in the Olympics, you know. Um, What the crazy thing to me is the people who do like, you know, the shot put and the long jump and all that because nobody, nobody nobody's covering that 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 all
1: year round. right? For (laughs) the most part, I'm sure
0: there's like a national championship and stuff like that. But like. It's not like they do this. It's every not like year. they get
1: lots of practice doing right. that all the time. And they're so like good the- at it. Mm. <laughs> they're so good
0: at it. It's crazy. Like the the detail they you know that little moment. Like especially like now with sports when they do the the replay, um, they make a call or like in hockey if there's a goal they think went in but they're not sure they'll do a replay, and you see every angle and you're like, damn! Like they'll show the angle of the guy shooting it and this operator follows the puck to the net mm-hmm. pucks go 100 miles an hour yeah,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> and it's and it's now that it's in slow-mo and they're showing you know okay it's yeah perfect. He, yeah, it and gets, it's in
1: focus and, it
0: gets yeah, to like. the edge of frame at first before he realizes the guy's shooting but like for the most part it's in frame the whole way you're like holy shit like mm. how'd he do that and it's, it's just lots really lots of practice <clears> yes. lots of practice yeah it's um anyway that's it's its whole other whole other beast and you know Garrett won all the Emmys for inventing all those cameras like the dive cam. I'm yeah, sure Alec heard. was
1: on hold to do the Olympics in maybe 96 or so. Oh, was really? it that Atlanta 96? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So at the time, um there were not too many specialty camera operators other than steady operators and right. because Garrett was the one inventing all of these specialty sports um yeah. rigs um and they they were all new. there weren't people who were already the dive cam guy and the right, you right. know racetrack, you know cable cam guy and like that kind of stuff. Yeah, so yeah. it was all the steady cam operator community that was like, Oh, we've got some crazy new camera apparatus to like try right. out at this sport like who who is gonna be adaptable to, try to yeah. yeah and it was all the steady cam guys so hmm. um Alec was on hold, and um I think someone. I don't know if he just got bumped for seniority or for for whatever reason uh, like at the last they minute they, they got he they canceled him oh, yeah no. or they'd overbooked people or something but
0: Yeah, that's probably more likely. Yeah, that's funny. Um Yeah. Uh, those those cameras are the the how you know they're awesome is because you see it and you're like, "Yeah, we've they've, they've those have been around forever because it just makes sense." Like the one that goes around with the runners. Mm-hmm. It just makes sense. And then you're like, no, no, he invented those in like 2000 or when it, whatever year it was. was it 96? I can't remember what year it was. But, um,
1: I'm sure each new Olympics gets new things invented for it. Probably. <laughs> well, maybe
0: not anymore. I but at it the was, time, yeah. I thought it was, I thought it was Sydney or Melbourne, Australia, which was either right before or right after Atlanta, I think. I think after. And I thought that was the year he did them all for, but I, I could be wrong. But but they, but it was like six at once. Mm-hmm. It was like all these new whatever. Um, I'm sure there's new stuff now. But those were, excuse me, that was a pretty big deal. Um, oh, you also did six Sex in the City. You it, were you like a juicer on it or yeah. yeah yeah okay. But you did a bunch of Sex in the City. Yeah,
1: I was like a, a Permalance day player, so I was but like a more or less full time, not literally full time. Like I was never on the core crew, but like. I think season four, I was there at least like averaged four days a week. Right. Um, so I started at the end of season two and then um, it's sort of phys- like like I was working a little bit less towards the season six, which was the, the final season. Hmm. But I was there, that was the majority of my electrician career was like being a day player on Sex and the City and Law and Order.
0: Oh, in Law and Order?
1: Yeah, the, the original. The, oh, okay. the mothership, as we called it, because oh, really? they had other ones were starting up. Like that, when I started, there was only Law and Order, and then there was Criminal. There was, you know, Special Victims Unit and Criminal Intent, and right. all this stuff. So they, once they started having these spinoffs, we started calling the original one the mothership.
0: Is that the only one you worked on, or
1: I, I did Criminal Intent for a couple, I think maybe two seasons. Mm. Um, not 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 full-time. I was never full-time on any of these things because it was always a side job for right. me. Um, I did, I think I did one or two movies full-time as an electrician ever. Like everything else was always a day player. And and being in the TV day player rotation was was sort of like the best place to be because it was sort of steady and consistent over time versus just like you know a feature starts up and then it's gone but if you're in that day player pool like I could come and go and go shoot a short film or you know Mm -hmm. go visit my folks or you you know whatever and And,
0: and the nice part about that is you don't you don't have to work 80 hours a week like everybody else. You work 50 and you work four days. There or were
1: some times where they're like, oh, what's your availability next week? And I'd be like, oh, I can do three days next week. And they're like, which three days? I'm like, it doesn't matter. i like, oh, what else are you doing? I was like, nothing i just need some time off and they're like they're like no it doesn't work that way like if you're if you're gonna be here we need you to be here and i was like oh okay but i mean there were some times where it's just like oh i don't i don't want to work this much and i i can get away with not working this much so i'm just gonna say that i'm you you know not available um
0: right you're (laughs) like i can do monday wednesday and friday yeah Yeah. uh don't call me on the weekend
1: (laughs) They didn't do weekends.
0: No, no, I'm just kidding around. <clears throat> um, actually, you said movies. Did you do the Squid and the Whale? A little so, bit. Oh, just it, a little bit. Yeah, okay.
1: just, just some day playing. Um, it's interesting because just now at Camera Image, I uh, ran into Bob Yeoman, who was the DP from that, it, and yeah. uh, I reintroduced myself and I was like, "Oh, I was a day player on Squid and the Whale," and that was um, the the old East Coast Council contract, contract which happened before the tier the low budget like tier one tier two tier zero type of thing and um the this didn't last very long because it ended up being not in the producer's best interests but that the low budget agreement at that time which they called the east coast council contract was such that if you're there was profit participation for all of the crew members no way yes so i was still getting checks for the squid and the whale until a few years ago
0: wow Yep. And that like was like every, 15 years ago, right?
1: I don't remember. I don't remember. Like, I remember getting a letter saying, this concludes the time frame of for what you're due. For, Profit, for, participate.
2: For. Yep. Wow.
1: But there there was another movie I worked on. It might have been You Can Count on Me, where we worked on it as East Coast Council with the understanding that we would get a back end. And right. then they reneged it after the fact. Get out of here. And, and that was the end of that contract because... What ended up happening is, you know, people would make these movies for one point two two million dollars, get their and they'd make funding it, financing on on something that was kind of risky, or, you know, you, you can't, you're obviously not going to fund a two million dollar movie at a forty million dollar budget if you think it can make 40 million dollars or what if you know if you're confident it's going to make its money back you're going to put more money into it but m- most of these little movies like the reason they're being funded at that level is because they're a more risky investment yeah, sure. or, or a very uh often more risky artistic statement or or piece uh-huh. piece of art or social commentary et etc and that's why we like doing them um but the the, what, what kept happening is they got into a situation where they couldn't sell the movie because let's say it was made for two million dollars and it would go to a film festival and the back end that would be owed would be 10 or 15 million dollars or something like so then they couldn't they couldn't sell no one was going to buy it for that for as much money they couldn't it would get the
0: act- percentage of equity in the movie that they needed in order to buy it for that amount right so it would it would basically (laughs) was
1: a disincentive from selling it for distribution because of how much would be owed on the back end it would make the price tag of buying that movie 10 or 50 so it it, it was like it was sort of like wait a second this funding model doesn't actually make sense and is no it's not going to help anybody mm -hmm. if these movies are never going to see the light of day and so they changed the whole structure
0: right but how much did you make off squid and the whale um any idea
1: I I never counted it up. I was just surprised that was I it just hundreds
0: kept... of dollars of checks, or was it oh, fifty yeah. bucks here?
1: No, it was hundreds of. It was probably if probably a few thousand oh, okay. dollars over the years for for something that I probably worked on for less than ten days.
0: Right. So other people made uh, way more than yes. you. Yes.
1: Yeah. People <coughs> who were on that oh. full time made lots of money over the years. Oh, good for on that. them. Yeah.
0: Good for them. Um, there was what was it called? There was a company out of New York it was a low budget and they'd have everybody work on percentage the crew indigent yes (laughs) indigent
1: indigent yeah and
0: they made a bunch of movies yes they did and then everyone
1: made everyone worked for like a hundred dollars a day or something like that. Mm right
0: and then you got x amount of um, uh, percentage in the movie um and then that company just completely went under
2: Mm -hmm.
0: i'm not sure why I know I know people who worked on indigent movies and made money.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, they actually paid out quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Like most of them mm-hmm. made money, so I don't know what happened. Same thing you were you were saying before. I don't remember. I, don't I know, know
1: like was it someone one of the people partners who were involved in it? I think passed away. Or I'm trying to remember like who oh. who was involved. Um, I think Fisher Stevens was one of the people who were involved. Oh and, really. Um, yeah, there were like three key people, and um, yeah, I don't remember. I, I don't want to oh, okay. misquote the, the situation, but yeah, I remember that. That was back. That was back when I was an electrician. It was I, I didn't ever work on any indigent films, but I know plenty of people who did. It was in like New York,
0: late nineties through mm-hmm. like mid two thousands. Right, wasn't that long ago? Probably twelve years ago is when I they went kaput but they made a bunch of really cool little movies I remember they made a movie with Roy Culkin that I liked a lot
2: mm-hmm. shit
0: oh, anyway they
1: all shot on like mini DV or something too
0: a lot of them yeah they own the equipment
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah so but you know for what they were was a it Party
1: them, Monster was that the one that no no that was maybe Macaulay Club.
0: that's Macaulay <clears throat> um, we'll think of it I think it was a Nicole Hollif Center Mm-hmm. So that's the way you say her name. I think so. Movie, I think. Anyway. Um, oh, Igby Goes Down.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But I think that was an indigent movie, but it might not have been. But
1: No, I think that that was post-indigent and had a bigger budget.
0: Maybe. Okay.
1: Because I saw it on an airplane and I was like, oh, this is pretty good.
0: Yeah, there was just like these it. little movies that were like quirky character stories that mm-hmm. no studio would ever make. And, you know, um, I mean... I don't know I guess I was going to say that may have changed a little but it's just gotten worse yeah. <laughs> I mean you know um, they still make some good movies but like um, it's all it's all turned to Marvel mm-hmm. you know or or um, Frozen or whatever and that's fine like those are good movies but not everybody's into that stuff mm-hmm. so for me the picture which is why slimmer. you said
1: yes to asking for it
0: yeah 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 <laughs> Um, it is why it is why, and you know, um,
1: knock on wood, I have high hopes for that movie.
0: I do too. I mean, you never know, there's so many factors involved, and um, I think Eamon's awesome, and Eamon is awesome. I think he'll do a great job with it, and uh, in post, and um, yeah, we'll see, but I mean, there are so many, <laughs> so many, um, um what's the what's the right word
1: factors outside of our control yeah there's
0: factors outside of your control but also like you know you have to give up stuff because essentially because of money all the time you have mm-hmm. to constantly be okay we can't do that okay let's what can we do mm-hmm. you're constantly that you know what can we do quickly <laughs> and um and I don't know, I mean, th- that kind of stuff can affect a movie and, me- you know, anyway. Um, I have high hopes for it too, of course. And I think we did good work. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully it'll be great. I think it's going to be. I hope so. Yeah. So. Um, oh, you also worked on Vanilla Sky, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Short time thing, day player. Yeah,
1: another day player. Situation.
0: Did you get to, did you happen to be around when they shut down Times Square? I knew you
1: were going to ask that. No. Of course you did. No, I, I, that happened before I started working on it. But that, that story is, is legend of New York like filmmaking lore. Like what it took to shut down Times Square. Like the, um, the army of PAs that were prepping for months. And the hierarchy of communication and the backup plans of what to do wrong if someone broke a lockup, and um, basically just the level of complexity that it took in that, like hundreds of PAs, I think.
0: Um, Didn't they shoot it like super early on like a Sunday morning or something?
1: Yeah, like, I mean, when, it was, I think, that, I think that like
0: the slowest, yeah, time. My,
1: whatever the slowest time would be like, like 3 a.m. on a Sunday or something, something yeah, like that was, for like, for only like for like out. two hours but it was or something, was it?
0: Yeah. Maybe it so was it 5 a.m. or something. Right. It know. had to be like right at sunrise Yeah, or I, I, something I
1: wouldn't have my facts straight to, to speak no, to no, the I particulars, but there are people who people still talk about it. It was like, yeah, like, like what a, just what a feat. That it was and, like, what it took to pull it off. And anyone who was working, like, in New York at that time who was, like, sure. involved in that, basically.
0: Sure. And nothing like that will ever be done again.
1: Th- that could be true.
0: Because now it would be way cheaper and way easier just to just digitally Just to remove, to
1: remove all the people. <laughs> yeah.
0: Just put, just put big green screens up. Mm-hmm. I mean, shit. Like, build basically build it on a stage. Mm-hmm that they might actually do that instead like um uh yeah that like literally do that completely yeah they could they
1: could go photograph the place and like lidar scan it or something and then create it in a a 3d animated world you (laughs) know
0: right Right. And
1: manipulate it to their liking, and you then know, just and green
0: this. screen the shit out of it and shoot shoot him walking on a treadmill. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, but it takes the charm out of it. That's part of the magic, you know. Yeah, like it's that knowing story that it will was be real. talked about for years and years and years. Yeah, um, and yeah, we just, I mean, some stuff still gets done, but I think, and rightly so, you know. I mean, how many millions of dollars did it cost him to do that?
1: Oh, I'm sure it cost a lot. Right. Yeah. So yeah. in a way, it's it's impractical
0: to yeah, do it totally that way now. You know, when right. there
1: are better ways, better quote, quote unquote more cost-effective ways yeah. to pull it off that exist now.
0: But practicality has nothing to do with how charming something is. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't know if that's the right word, but you know what I mean. It's like it's such a cool thing. Even people who don't didn't know anything about filmmaking. We're talking about how they shut Times up. I yeah. remember hearing it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, anyway, it was pretty cool. I don't remember liking the movie that much.
1: It's pretty interesting.
0: I, I might. It's have like to one of those again.
1: mindfuck movies, you know. A little that, bit, right? Yeah. yeah. Which I always appreciate. And it was, like um, psychological.
0: I like him as a filmmaker. Um, God, why am I blanking? Almost Famous. Uh, Cameron Crowe. Yes, Cameron mm-hmm. Crowe movie. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> yeah I like him as a filmmaker I just don't remember loving that movie I don't know maybe I'll have to revisit it If if nothing did you ever more see the, the
1: original Spanish one? no I heard it was even better I never got around to it oh really? Mean, yeah was oh.
0: Penelope Cruz in that as well? I'm not sure because she is Spanish right? she's from Spain?
1: I think so hmm I don't know
0: look at us not knowing lots of stuff at the yeah. same time <laughs> although you did know Cameron Crowe so yeah, I yep. think you're, you're winning <laughs> <laughs> um <clears throat> what else uh oh you did some third watch
1: oh yeah I still own clothing that I bought on third watch like the um the weather you know the, the night uh, the, the concept of third watch for those not familiar with the show is like the sort of interplay collaboration if you will between um fire police and ambulance of people what working the overnight shift the, the third, third shift. shift right and um and the things that happen in the city you know at that those hours and the um basically there was a philosophy on that show that like bad weather was good production value. You know, if it was snowing bonus, you know, if it was pouring, it looks great, you know? So would there- they
0: use outside as like a cover location for if it snowed, <laughs> we'll go out, we'll
1: go out perhaps, perhaps. <laughs> um, but I remember, so this was, I think this was when Guy B started directing, um, around that time. Cause I remember, I remember knowing who he was as a Steadicam operator,
2: yeah.
1: um, from, er and that he was working on that show and then he was he was starting to direct um but i remember it was this that was part of his deal going like, in, Yeah, i don't know maybe around 99 2000 um that the, the internet had not or at least online shopping had not proliferated quite so fully the way that it is now and there was yeah. still like paper catalogs for like specialty Outfitters, sure. and so there was the catalogs going around the set for this Iditarod company, where people were buying boots and like hand warmer muffs, like these giant, like imagine like, you know, three feet long by like, you know, a foot thick of just like a down cylinder to put your hands in because like the the script supervisors and the directors and whatnot were were sitting still. You know, yeah. the rest of us are working and we're wearing, you know, our, you know, base layers and our insulating layers and our shells and our like, you know, mountaineering wear right. that that one that, that's why I started by saying I still own clothes that i bought then because like that's when pretty much every paycheck was me running to ems or rei and like buying more like mountaineering gear right Um, because
0: your hands were too cold that time yeah like more
1: glove liners or like (laughs) i need a balaclava or like it it was like learning even learning that this stuff existed you know (laughs) like it's like what would you need if you were camping on mount everest um right if yeah, it, like, well,
0: you, my big coat, I, I think I mentioned it to you before, it, it's for cops in Canada. Yeah. So people who stand outside in the freezing cold all the time, that's what my coat yeah, is well,
2: for. Yeah,
1: well, we we electrics and whatnot, we're all wearing the very, like, mobile stuff that people who are, like, you know, ice climbers and stuff who are really active yeah, yeah. are wearing. But the people who are sitting at Video Village... were being still so they were not creating any body heat so they were wearing like iditarod (laughs) things or like these wraparound fur hats you know where you just your eyeballs were just sticking out (laughs) it was it was pretty crazy the ones i always put
0: cast in now the the um what's the name of it it's the famous one canada goose yeah canada goose Mm -hmm. trench coat level like down down to your ankles yeah yeah you're like
1: sleeping back you're like with the
0: giant with the giant fur Mm -hmm. hood um yeah um or fur lined hood Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's what they're they're always rocking that stuff anyway that's funny though, uh, and I mean that stuff lasts forever if you buy good stuff.
1: Yeah, that's why this was. This was again like ninety nine or something. So some of my stuff is still twenty, 20 years, years old. old but right. yeah, yeah, like all the Gore Tex boots and yeah, yeah, just tons and tons of foul weather clear weather gear and 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 uh, sort of the saying, um, "There's no such thing as bad weather, just bad clothing." Hmm. It's like to to a certain degree that it's kind of true. <laughs>
0: well, yeah, I, I mean, yeah. That's why, like, like I said, I was wearing like shorts and a T-shirt and people were like, look at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, it's 72 out. It's sunny. I'm warm. I'm 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 being active. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Like,
0: Like, why would I not wear this? Like, people act like you can't change. (laughs) Like, I walked behind that tractor and put pants on. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, I didn't even walk into our truck. (laughs) I just walked over into quite, you know, like, who cares? Like, whatever. And then, you know. Uh anyway, they, that whole case right there, that that um uh, whatever it's called. The Act, one action packer. The action packer that everybody has. It's it's just close. It's just close. That's yep. all that's in it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um uh and it goes everywhere. The, actually I didn't realize the weather was so bad in Oklahoma or so crazy. I didn't think I'd need half of that stuff, but you know, you bring it all together and shit, I needed almost all of it. I never put long underwear on. Mm. Because we kind of locked out did. on those cold days. Um, oh,
1: I did when you were sick.
0: Oh, I can imagine in
1: the in that <laughs> abandoned interior abandoned warehouse. And it was raining
0: too, right? Yep. Yeah.
1: Well, we were inside, but I mean, sort of. It was like no windows and stuff, but it was it was cold.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I I was reminded earlier. Um, <clears throat> you were talking about doing wonders or whatever. Um. The fi- that big the big. Kind of maybe one or almost one or that we did. We did a house. few
1: in the house. Okay, yeah.
0: The the big big one. We did some other. Yeah, the other ones are pretty big too. But as far as
1: the one in the cherry bomb.
0: Yeah, that's what I was saying. And, and to, the,
1: yeah. we did some some stuff like that when you were sick at the uh, at the. Um,
0: oh, did uh, you? At the interior uh,
1: abandoned warehouse. Yeah.
0: I'm bummed to have missed it. Um, Casey filled in for me. Mm-hmm. I hope he did a good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. Um, I think you told me he did a good job. Yes. So so uh, you're
1: not putting me on the spot on your podcast no, where no, I no, just no, have no, to like agree with
0: you you told me at I the to, time yes yeah. I did yes I came back um, I remember you texted me and I was like I'll be back Wednesday or whatever whatever day it was and I came back and I remember going home and sleeping uh, at lunch and laying down shivering <laughs> I still had a friggin' fever that was bad one that one crushed everybody you did you get it no you never got it no i was
1: really diligent about like washing my hands and not touching things and like not touching people and yeah because i wasn't sleeping i mean i i had so little prep on that movie that i was getting up three hours before call every day to like work on shot listing with the director yeah so i was i was getting like less than five hours of sleep for like two months it's pretty rough. So I was pretty afraid of my compromised abuse system, yeah. <laughs> that I was going to get sick
0: yeah, I mean I've been there as far as that schedule goes it's brutal um,
1: but speaking of wonders, were you going to say something about the wonders because I want to say something about the wonders, but go I want to see what you were going to no, get go at first um well, I think something that's interesting to talk about that i i don 't want to say uniquely qualified to but but something that I think people like to know about that I do have some expertise in is is lighting for moving camera because I I because I have a lighting background um but my lighting background was always you know in the service of the goal of being a DP um but also that I was lucky to have had a partner who was a steadicam operator from very early in my career so a lot of people Mm -hmm. don't have access to steadicam until they're much more advanced in their career in terms of the budgets but because I not just Alec himself, but all of Alec's colleagues when I would have some, you know, short film or labor of love film or something that had no money. Mm-hmm. Like I could still find someone if right. I wanted Steadicam or I thought that Steadicam could elevate any given production that I was being a DP on. I could get access to right. a Steadicam. So I, I grew um, as a DP, you know, sort of having access to Steadicam from pretty early in my career and i think that that has served me well in terms of mm-hmm. like and, and also just that i had been a gaffer when when i met alec that he w- he was a dp as well as being a cam operator so being a dp who's a cam operator certainly knows something about lighting yeah, <laughs> for sure. moving camera as well yeah, yeah. so i even learned you know some of that earlier stuff in terms of the the mindset behind it from from working with him um mm. But uh, I think I think a lot of people are challenged, you know, are are challenged by the idea of it or or, or really, um, you know, I've seen some uh, some big Hollywood movies with a lot of camera movement where I thought the lighting was completely lackluster because they moving the camera so much that they kind of didn't even try to refine (laughs) the lighting. They just sort of like were resigned to the fact that the lighting is going to be compromised because they're moving the camera a lot. And I was just like, it doesn't doesn't have to be that way you know you can put stuff on dimmers you can run around with things that are battery powered to like put a little light in somebody's eyes so everything's not all coming from the top you some know? of like, that
0: happens though because they have three cameras going at all times
1: not on the one that i'm thinking of. okay I mean, but i'm not going to name names because no, i don't want to like trash somebody else's no, 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 work no, 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 but no.
0: i get you have a specific example but like you know Um,
1: in general you're correct yeah
0: yeah you know sometimes you you can't put lights where you want to because they're in the shot of the other camera Mm -hmm. and um
1: so don't do that (laughs) right (laughs) when you can get away with it i mean of course there's always different priorities right look i
0: mean when you look at it like having one camera over two you know if if every single shot takes the same amount of time you're talking about doubling your schedule to just have one camera do you know what i mean like,
1: but every single shot does not take the same amount of time. Like when no, if no, you no, no, if you're doing a two camera setup, it takes longer than doing a one camera setup. Um, a lot of the time.
0: Yeah. But, if you're doing it right. Could, it could, well, it could. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, Definitely. it's
1: certainly not every time. Sometimes you can just throw a second camera in there as an as a yeah. bonus or as an afterthought. And and um, I used to resist um, being. "Quote unquote," made to use two cameras because of the compromises of lighting and and mm-hmm. eye lines that often go along with working that way. Um, but I found the beauty of working with two cameras that, uh, at least at the the budget level that I work at. But I've I've been told even at bigger budgets, like the schedules are still crazy and you still never have enough time.
0: But no, no, they will, they will. <laughs> that's the thing. People will spend every single dime you give them and they'll they'll work every single hour <laughs> they're allowed to um and, so you and,
1: never have more t- you never ha- no. you never have enough time
0: everybody thinks oh I wish I worked on 200 million dollar movies where you know they shoot half a page a day yeah but they did 60 setups of that half page or whatever you know what I mean? like, <laughs> or you know I'm exaggerating yeah it, yeah but like you know um it's in some cases it's probably true and in other cases probably not mm. you know um
1: but but what i came to learn with having a second camera is you get a lot of your b camera gets a lot of the best shots because they're in a way they're the bonus shots like you if you're doing one camera and you're on a really tight schedule you're usually being super um uh what's the word I guess conservative with your coverage. Like you're, you're kind of getting the minimum coverage that you need to get, and you're, mo- and you're moving on. Uh-huh. So you're not adding shots, or, or you're very often not getting the opportunity to add the shots that are more interesting, that are more expressive, that right. are more experimental, because you don't, you you just wouldn't make time to do those shots because you don't have the time. But uh-huh, right. but the B camera can very often get those shots Mm -hmm. because the a camera is getting the thing that needs to be got for like check, you know, check off your shot list coverage, but that the B camera can like be a little bolder or push it a little more or like try something. And those very often are the best shots. So I feel like I, the, 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 a lot of the films where I've had two cameras, I feel like the cinematography is better because of the, the things that the B camera, was able to get that i would have never actually prioritized the time for if it was a single camera job
0: mm-hmm. does yeah. that does that make sense yeah and um you know a, a tv is different because in tv a and b do almost the exact same shots all the time <laughs> <laughs> and not 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 the same shots as each other but like cross coverage this that i mean yes a does the wides uh b does the tighter but like So much of a most TV shows takes place of uh, uh, over the shoulder, over the shoulder, you know, all that shit, and um, they almost do the same thing. Like they don't, they don't get that, like on some bonus shot. No, on some features, like they have B camera, but they only use it when they need it. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the difference between like, um that kind of thing and then like a and b and you both work every shot no matter what period (laughs) like that's it and you know like they don't even care who's pointing at number one you know Mm -hmm. like in in a feature like that it'd be it's a little different right it's like a specialty shot b B camera almost right and um
1: i mean the day that we had two cameras the the second camera worked on every single Setup. Right, but that I I don't usually work that way. Right. Like usually when I have a second camera, like that that day was the kind of day where I made the case for really needing a second camera because of the amount of characters, the amount of content, the amount of production value, lots of extras and ambulances and gunshot like. There was just so much to cover be- before it got dark because daylight, yeah. daylight exteriors that when I made the case for the the necessity of the second camera, they they heard me, you know, they understood. But the um, very often when I do have two cameras, I probably use a B camera maybe about 40% of the time because I feel like a lot of the other time you're just forcing it in there where you're mm-hmm. actually either taking more time just to set up two shots at once mm-hmm. <laughs> then then it's just like now just break them into pieces or you're you're doing like a a moving wide angle you know like a, a handheld or a steady cam on like a wide angle lens where there's like nowhere for the second for the second camera to be mm-hmm. you know and it's just like oh just just to get the second camera in here for no reason is just like pointless i mean i guess if you're handheld you can you know pop in and pop out or move around or whatever but. yeah um, anyway, I I off on a tangent and I I digress. No. <laughs> I think it's more interesting to talk about lighting for lighting for moving camera because I feel like a lot of people are sort of stumped by that and like you don't really hear that talked about
2: mm. very much. What are they um, stumped by?
1: Um just ha how to do it without lighting yourself into a corner in terms of like you know, having shadows everywhere, and in, in terms like w- when you're just starting out, uh, I guess the people who are just starting out have trouble figuring out where to place the lights without making camera shadows <laughs> or boom shadows. And then the people who are more advanced um, have trouble with they're they've graduated past those lessons, learning those lessons, but then they are they are more like um, everything there's light everywhere and everything's flat and boring. Um and uh that's when I think it's more you can get into using um dimmers and you know that some lights are on some of the time but not other of the time depending on what direction you're looking at but like I guess for I guess tips for the more beginner approach of, of people listening to the podcast and be like oh how do I do like a big long moving shot with you know and figure out where to put the lights um I think that the mistake a lot of people make is like thinking that there shouldn't be shadows or that everything just needs to be really broad and and soft so that there's light everywhere <laughs> or that everything's just toppy and and right. and the the better way to think about it is that there there are going to be shadows but you want to place them in a place where the camera won't be seeing them at the moment that they are making that shadow. Like, so if, if the camera is crossing a light source that your shadow is going off in a direction that is out of frame to where the camera's looking Mm -hmm. at that moment. And, and so basically I guess what I'm trying to say is don't be afraid of shadows. You just need to think about what the path of the camera is going to be and visualize where the shadow that is going to make at that time by crossing that light source and like, you know, walk through it with your Artemis viewfinder app or like a, you know, lens on a stick physical viewfinder and be like, is that out of the shot, you know, or maybe if you just go to a tighter lens, then those shadows are on the floor or, you know, outside the right or the left of the frame, or if they're not, you know, can you just move that light? a little bit you know to the right or to the left to to send that shadow off in a direction where you're not going to see it and I think that's the part that's missing for a lot of people is like accepting that there will be shadows but visualizing where they're going to be in the timing of the choreography of the shot that opens up a lot more opportunities for places that you can place your lights Um, does that make sense?
0: yeah I think so I don't uh, know. I'm not a DP. So, <laughs>
1: well, but when you, 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 know you know must find yourself, I would say you must find yourself in situations where they're, they've uh, come up with this, you know, doesn't have to be a wonder, but like a, like a long moving shot. And then you get there and you put up the camera and then you're like casting shadows all over. The, or, or does that not happen to you because you're working at no. a high enough level that, no, that
0: it people <laughs> like? It, it, I mean, it it does sometimes, but I mean, the worst thing for me <clears throat> is like I did this, I day played on this one show. This is this happens. This has happened on many different things, but um, and it's a hospital show, so like we come down one corridor you know, big, wide hospital corridor. I bring them around. It's two people. And the DP has put a kino, like a four foot kino on the ceiling in the corner.
1: Mm -hmm. But by the time you're way down the hallway, you're going to see it.
0: I'm as high as I can be standing on my tippy toes. And, you know, the lights behind their heads. Like Mm -hmm. I I, I can't, I don't, there's nothing I can do. And he's pissed about it. (laughs) And, you know. This is a long time ago. It was a show on film, so we're doing like take after take, and it's like, dude, <laughs> like that light can't be there. I don't understand. I, I don't get it's 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 a little easier these days. Um you know, that light would have been a much smaller fixture nowadays mm-hmm. than it was then. Um <clears throat> and even then Aquino was like a dream for those for those folks. But now like it can be, like, as thick as a sheet of paper, mm-hmm. basically.
1: Yeah, you put, like, a, a LED light mat or yeah. something. Yeah. yeah,
0: like, it can be nothing. So, um, anyway, but um, but just shit like that, like, putting lights, like, in the frame and then saying, just frame it out. You know, I had somebody put me on a on a 14 mil <laughs> in low mode, very long shot for this TV show and said, at the before the shot, it, they said... Um do you think it'll be okay to put lights up there and up there? It's a very high ceiling on this on this um on this set on the stage. And I said, no, I don't think so., I think they'll be okay <laughs> okay. um, so I go through this whole set and it starts with a couple people, then it passes off to a table full of people and then i then I drag two people out through this doorway and I'm looking right up again low mode and a 14 mil and um, yeah there are the lights right behind their heads and I'm as high as I can be in low mode and you know he throws a fit and gets mad at me and it's like dude
1: you asked me I told you you did it anyway why are you, are you mad at there, me I don't, like... I don't know
0: you know you, whatever and <clears throat> and that kind of shit happens and I mean it kind of taught me a lesson to be a little more like like, really, I'm going to see that. Those are going to be in. Those are really going to be in. The problem is, like, it's really easy with, you know, I know what a 25 and a 35 and a 40 and everything looks like in my head. Um, 14's a, a little, little more harder. obscure. It's yeah. a little harder. You don't use it as often. And um, so I hope that he was right instead of going uh, i really would not put him up there cuz it wasn't a matter there weren't weren't green beds so it was like driving a scissor lift in putting him up it's it wasn't a small thing to put him up or take him down
2: mm-hmm.
0: and um <clears throat> and we did a bunch of takes and like you know i i asked him can we just do it in in low high mode yeah. no <laughs> okay <laughs> you know it's like I'm trying to help you here. You fucked me, and now I'm trying to dig out, dig you out of the hole, and you won't let me. Not that I'm some genius or anything. I, you know, like I said, I, I should have told him, but um, just stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if your operator says no, it's.
1: You're, they're he probably right. right.
0: Yeah. Um, or
1: like get out the viewfinder and look like if, if you're if unsure, like break out your thing and stand in the position and look and like that. Yeah. That's like, if, if, if your mind's eye is being optimistic, like, you yeah. know, the reality doesn't lie. Right. <laughs> like and have on, a look on yeah.
0: honestly on that show, the viewfinder for the most part only came out for directors. Um, again we all know what the 185 and the 50 look like and everything so um it was when the director would go would i see if i if we do a 50 here would it be this and they bring out the viewfinder here Mm -hmm. look at it and um so i don't think it even occurred to anybody to throw the 14 on the viewfinder and look at it Mm -hmm. (laughs) in that situation which is kind of funny but um but it just, it just, now we
1: all have it on our iPhones. So yeah, we think about it more, I guess. Right. To be like, so many oh, yeah, people do. I
0: told you, I, I still, I, I never have. I And you know, it's not a bad thing to have. I just never, I just never have.
1: Oh, uh, I should have given you Artemis as a wrap gift instead of a cine saddle that you didn't really want. <laughs>
0: <laughs> True. <Maybe. laughs> That's so funny. Um, but I have it now. Um, but uh, that's so funny. My
1: hope is that you would you would grow to love it now that you. I know you, you have, have
0: a it. You have an affinity for the Cine Saddle that um, I clearly have never had.
1: <laughs> it's so fucking useful. Like it's just. I, I mean, part, partly mine's really small, so yeah. I, I when I bought you yours, I couldn't find the small one. Oh.
0: Because they've both been big.
1: discontinued, but yeah. So uh, that, that's oh, they all. have.
0: Yeah. I fun. mean, like you offered it to me the first time, like. Well, I'm on a sandbag or something, and I'm like, "You're like, do you want a city saddle?" I'm like, "Oh, like I've never used one, never, ever, ever." And um, I'm sure there are situations where it's great to have,
1: especially in cars.
0: Right? Yeah, It takes
1: a lot of the bounce sure. out, and you can like put it in an angle that you can get like better than a sandbag, and it's more supported. Yeah, city saddle's great. <laughs>
0: I don't, do you have a sponsorship? No, with I just
1: really, I just think it's, it's really useful. And I think to know the Sydney saddle is to love the Sydney saddle, which is why I gave you
0: one. All right. Well, thank you.
1: Like next year sometime you'll be like, all right, I've finally like I'm on board with the Sydney saddle.
0: <laughs> I don't know about that, but we'll see. You okay. might be right. You may be very right. All right. You know what? We've been talking for a really long time now.
1: I'm not surprised. That seems to be a habit with guests on your podcast. I know.
0: I know. It's a good habit I think.
1: Yeah, if people you you keep the conversation going and flo- going and flowing yeah. that people don't even realize they've been talking that long and that they're comfortable and then just keep talking I think that that most makes you them, a good host.
0: Most I I drink them into it and you yeah. didn't drink so
1: uh, if I did, I would have fallen asleep or, you oh, know, yeah. like been worried about saying well, you things I early... shouldn't be saying. Well, also just, I don't drink very often, so right, I'm yeah, a, yeah. quite a lightweight. So yeah. for me to drink at all, like affects me really I strongly. You. Yeah. I, I hear you. I'd be like zero to 60 with the, with the intoxication basically.
0: Right, right. Well, you, you did bring your coffee, which was a smart move. So, but anyway, thank you for being here. You're welcome. I Thanks appreciate for having it. me. Enjoy your time in LA. I shall talk to you soon okay thanks again to Jendra for coming in while she was in town I really appreciate it uh, and thank you to Walter Clausen for their support uh, go use promo code walking if you'd like to buy an iBaird and check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash walking if you want to hear best day worst day alright that's it I'll be back soon with another new episode